Ace Podcast. Nobody rats on Little Caesar. See? There it is. Experimental robot 23. He's really something, Professor. I want you to look everywhere for a girl named Janet Corning. Janet Corning. Five feet, five inches, uh, brown hair. Brown eyes and the cutest little dimples you ever saw. Brown eyes and the cutest little... I mean, she has prominent dimples. This is Wisecrack's Radio Hour. Join us as we follow quantum scientists Chuck and Wagner through their adventures as they try to get back home to the year 2017 and listen in as they riff on classic radio. you two i wanted to have a word with you before i leave for the new year's break sure thing boss man what is it well you guys have done a great job these past few months great job so i got a little into the year bonus for each of you here you go well isn't that nice thanks mr brumbles wow five bucks that's right don't spend it all in the same place Everybody else got a few cartons of smokes, but you two weirdos never smoke. I don't get it. Anyway, I appreciate all of your hard work, and I'm looking forward to even more of it next year. What's the matter with you, Chuck? Looks like you've seen a ghost. Yeah, you okay, man? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just, uh, it's just that I remember something I forgot to do is all. Well, forget about it for now. I gotta have one more tape done before the end of the year. After that, you can get out of here and take care of your own business. Now get busy. I'll see you two next year. Me and the wife are headed to Florida to get some nice sunshine for a while. Okay, Mr. Brumbles. Uh, You guys have a safe trip. Happy New Year. Uh, We'll get one more tape done before we wrap things up. I uh, I promise. Happy New Year. Get busy. What's up? What did you forget? Hey, uh, my iPhone rang. How, how is that even possible? No way. Let's see it. See? One missed call, unidentified. Strange. I have no idea how that happened. Good thing you had it on silent. I heard the buzz, but didn't realize what was happening. It's just so weird. I don't know, maybe the phone's just freaking out. You know, we've, we've been here a few months, and we've hardly ever used it. I've listened to some music and things, but who knows? Well, let's knock out our final episode of the year and get out of here. I think I need a nap. Okay, sounds good. Here's our last tape. Let's spool it up. Okay, the Whistler. Letter from Cynthia. Another Whistler, huh? That guy whistles a lot better than Michael Moore. It's no Axl Rose, though. Just a little... Who is that, anyway? Who is that whistling? I am the Whistler, oh. and I know many things 
friends, for I walked by night. If I could walk that way, I wouldn't need a doctor. Tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Seriously? Yes. I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Well, let's give them some names then. And now for the Signal Oil Company, the Whistler's strange story. Of lasagna. Letter from Cynthia. Dear Casey. Ooh, is this Jethro Tull? Aqualung. To the holiday staff on duty at the small hospital on the outskirts of a small town on the coast of Southern California. Christmas night was much like any other night. Not quite, of course, for the spirit of the season was in the air. No, no, that was me. Sorry, burritos. decorated in a motif of silver and white, stood majestically alone in the center of the reception lobby. The attractive receptionist at the desk, who doubled on the switchboard at night... I wish I knew how to play the switchboard. ...a dozen festively wrapped packages and presents left for her earlier in the day by various members of the staff. Oh, I hope she doesn't get a staph infection. the street, the soft melody of a Christmas carol floated through the open window on the far side. Oh, I love the far side! The sound of footsteps descending the stairs on the right caused the girl to glance up as one of the newer doctors who was serving his internship strolled casually to the desk. Hello, doctor! a little breather. Kind of slow tonight, Patty. Is that bad for Christmas night? What do you want from Santa Claus anyway, Dr. Andrews? A Nintendo Switch. Emergency appendectomies. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. I just meant it's kind of... Oh, sure, I know. And it suits me fine. I got two hours sleep today and eight hours in front of me here at this desk. Oh, so that's ten hours of sleep total, right? Never see your grandchildren if you keep that up. Mm, people were dropping in all day long. You know how it is Christmas Day. Mm. Good night, Patty. Hope you had a nice Christmas. Oh, I did, Dr. Peters. Thanks for the nice present. You're welcome. But it didn't Good night, fit. Doc. Good night, Neil. Yeah, Patty, it's like I said. A guy like you needs eight hours sleep a day. Did you get eight hours sleep today, Doctor? Ten. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Lazy. You know, you're an odd man, Dr. P- Andrews. Dr. Pandrews? Well, how do you mean? Those glasses and the big nose I you always know, wear? You act like there's something bothering you. Like there's something on your mind all the time. Got my mind set on you. Oh. Everybody has things on their mind. You could still go out and dance, have fun, like the other doctors do. The single ones, I mean. Yeah, the double ones are no fun at all. I'm still an intern, you know. Make it sound like a sentence. It was a sentence. Nice grammar. Yes. Candygram. Outside line? Yes, sir. Oh, here, doctor, I almost forgot. Hmm? Maybe this pretty pink envelope will change your viewpoint. Hmm, a letter. W, my favorite. When did this come? I don't know. I just came on duty ten minutes ago. Why don't you open it? Why don't you make me? What? Dr. Andrews, your hands are trembling. I believe your viewpoint's changed already. Leave my viewpoint out of this. Are my hands really trembling? I mean, seriously? Yes, Neil, your hands are trembling as you recognize the handwriting. Read the return address on the envelope. The address of lovely Cynthia Walker. She's out of your life now, isn't she, Neil? She's out of my life. She'll never be out of your life, will she? You're just out of hers. You walk across the lobby, choose a chair near a light. If I could walk that way, I wouldn't be a doctor. The memory of that last moment with Cynthia crowding every other thought from your mind. It isn't pleasant to recall, is it, Neil? The unfortunate accident that cost you your reputation, your position, 
and the love of Cynthia Walker. Should have worn depends. At the very beginning of your career as an intern in an important hospital. You remember Cynthia's thoughtless, angry words that followed? Yeah, she called me a poop. Yes, looking back to that day more than a year ago, it's hard to believe now that a few hours could have made so much difference in your future. But they did. And as you try to read the words on the scrap of paper, Cynthia's letter in your hand, you know that one man is responsible for it all. Charles Arthur Bennett. Darn near broke The man it. who lied when the truth would have cleared you. Charles Arthur Bennett. Sausage game, Slovenia. The man who called himself your best friend. Good old Dr. Bennett. The sound of an ambulance wheeling into the receiving room below shatters your train of thought. Uh, they should have stopped in the Across parking the lot. Room, a yellow light flashes on the switchboard. Use caution. You turn quickly back to the letter. But your thoughts yes, are blurred and... You know you won't have time to finish your letter before you get the call you're sure is coming. Yes, Doctor. So you'll wear the bunny suit? Yes, Doctor. Yes. I'll make out the registration card right away. You don't need a registration for the bunny Dr. suit. Dr. Andrews. Yes? Yes, Pat? Admitting room? No, Miss Stevens is busy. 412 has had a relapse. Oh. They're taking the emergency to the third floor. Dr. Graham wants you to go to the third floor drug room. Dr. Graham Cracker. Fresh, traumatic and hemotractic shock. <laughs> I have a John Deere hemotractor. Dr. Graham wants you to prepare injections of sereptamine and sacralin. Take them to the Fake. operating room, third floor. Right. I was afraid we might have one of these before the day was over. An emergency? In the emergency room? Details. No, only it was an automobile accident. With cars. The man's unconscious. But according to the identification card in his wallet, his name is Charles Bennett. Sausage King. Salesman. Who did you say? Bennett. Charles Arthur Bennett, Los Angeles. Los Angeles? <laughs> There's no angles at all. Angles. Los Angeles. Just a little patience, oh, yeah. girl. Was it a shock? Yes, Neil, it's a shock, isn't it? To realize what's happened. Shock? For more than a year, Make me feel better. Bennett has smoldered. And now the girl at the switchboard tells you that he's here in the hospital where you're now interning the victim of an automobile accident, that you have to prepare the drugs that might save his life. Might do what? Might save his life. Might kill him. As you hurry up the stairs along the hallway to the laboratory, your thoughts go back to that night more than a year ago. The circumstances were quite different then, weren't they, Neil? Because although you didn't then realize it, that night you were at the mercy of Charlie Bennett. Bennett, darn near broke it. The night which began at a birthday party for Charlie Bennett more than a year ago at the home of a mutual friend. Who worked for Mutual of Omaha? As far as you were concerned, there were just the three of you. Cynthia, Charlie, your best friend, and you. Nah, just me and yes, Cynthia. Neil, things were much different then. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful party. I wish I didn't have to leave right in the middle of it. But the bachelor's coming on, you know. I'll drive you home. No, darling, I've already phoned for a taxi. Uber's cost now, this less. Is the first time you've been off duty from the hospital in a long time. I want you to stay here and relax and have fun. Okay, but I might get into trouble, you know. I'm a tough guy. <laughs> I trust you. You're a big boy now. Or I wouldn't have told you I'd marry you. Have you told Charlie? 
Yes, I'll marry him, too. No, not yet. I, I'll tell him tomorrow. I don't want to seem conceited, but, well, telling him tonight that I'm going to marry you, it, it just might spoil his birthday party. Yes, it would. By the way, where is Charlie? Hiding behind oh, the around. curtains, taking pictures of you. I think. That island completely surrounded by the ocean of blondes. Well, I wow, I need to Google Maps that. that. Just to tell him goodnight. You tell him for me, will you, Neil? Sure. You really have to go. The Bachelor. So. Jane's only in town for the night, and I don't get to see my sister very often. Thank goodness. My taxi ought to be here by now. Now it's your night off, dear. You have fun. You interns don't get out of that hospital often enough. And besides, the champagne is wonderful. That's because it's Jolt Cola. (laughs) Reluctantly, you see Cynthia to a cab and come back to the birthday party for Charlie. You take Cynthia's advice, too. Enjoy a little champagne. Make party talk with other friends. Oh, what's party talk? I want some. Hey, check out the clown. You relax for the first time in weeks. In another hour or two, most of the crowd is gone. Somebody broke wind. (laughs) Even convinced Charlie that it's time to go home. And in the lobby going out. Why don't you leave your car here, Charlie, and go home in style, like I am? What do you mean, in style? Uber Black. Here, get a taxi. Hey, what's the idea? I can drive. Oh, don't tell me the good doctor's in his cups from a little champagne. In his cups? What? I just don't want to do any driving, that's all. Well, you don't have to do any. A little bit of champagne didn't bother me. And why are there two of you, anyway? We live close to each other. We'll use your car, and I'll pick mine up tomorrow. I'd sure rather take a taxi. Oh, aren't any taxis around, anyway? There's a stand about three blocks away. Stand in the place where you are. Oh, besides, you'll need your car to get to the hospital in the morning. Come on, Neil, boy. (laughs) I'm okay. Uh, All right, if you're sure. Let's go. But take it easy now. And no texting. Distracted. Once in the car, you make one more effort to talk Charlie out of driving, but to no avail. You're getting a little weary of the slight argument, so you let him drive your car. Great choice. Let the drunk guy drive instead of arguing. You have nothing to worry about. Charlie seems to be driving satisfactorily. Slightly over the speed limit. And he's only hit three pedestrians. Everything seems to be all right until he suddenly turns a corner sharply. Sounds like he hit a bunch That's of dishes. That's the last you remember <laughs> for a little while. When you open your eyes, you feel a dizziness, a dull pain at your temple, and someone's talking somewhere. Come on, fella. That's it. Come on, boy. Come on. Good doggy. Here. Are you hurt? Here, boy. Jump. Oh, no, I... Uh... No, upset. No, not much, I guess. Just a bump on the head. No, that's always been there. It's made quite an impression on your car, though. What's the idea of driving like that? If I didn't drive like that, I wouldn't need a doctor. But Charlie was driving. Oh, Charlie was driving. Yeah, he's he's gone. He sure is absent. Say, you're a little on the woozy side, friend. Well, Charlie, where, where's Charlie? Hey, come on, chum. That's enough about Charlie. Now, how much have you had to drink, anyway? I've Since had birth? Much to drink? Look here, officer. Charlie was here. I know he was here. No one I can was still here, smell him. I heard the crash around the corner and came straight here. No Charlie, no nobody. Just you. And the little man who wasn't here. But he couldn't have gone. Charlie! Yeah, that's all, chum. We got a swell place downtown where you can uh, sleep on it, huh? Sleep on what? A nice sofa bed. It's a pullout. It's like a nightmare, isn't it, Neil? You're bewildered and confused by what's happened. It's all a mistake, isn't it? A horrible mistake. 
And Charlie will show up soon and explain everything. When he's back from his date then with Cynthia. To police headquarters and spend the rest of the night pacing back and forth in jail. Pacing? He's supposed Finally, to be sleeping on it. morning, someone is there to put up your bail. <laughs> Hello, Cynthia. Hello, Neil. I, I came as quickly as I could. Thanks. Thanks for uh, springing me. Spring forward. Fall Come back. On, Neil. I'll drive you home. How did you find out I was here? Well, the whole story is in the morning papers. And it mentions your connection with the hospital, too. Yeah, I suppose so. Dr. Rogers called me about it. He, he was quite concerned. About the hospital's no reputation, no doubt. Get this whole thing cleared up in no time. No time at all. Oh, I, I hope so, Neil. Sure. As soon as I see Charlie Bennett. Charlie? Yeah, you'll tell him what really happened. He was driving the car. It was all his fault. I was just... What's the matter, Cynthia? Why are you looking at me like that? Well, I... I've already talked with Charlie. He asked me to marry him. How it really happened? Charlie said he wasn't with you last night when it happened. He took a cab. He went home alone. Kevin! It leaves you stunned, doesn't it, Neil? You're certain there must Is this Whistler guy actually sitting there talking to Neil? I think so. He'll realize what's happened and tell the truth. Or lie. It's too late to prevent the unfavorable publicity for the hospital. But at least you could be cleared in Dr. Rogers' eyes and in Cynthia's. You see Cynthia safely home and then take a taxi directly to Charlie's apartment. He isn't there. He's out shopping for an engagement ring. Settle down to wait and to think. Nearly two hours later, a key sounds in the door. Neil. Hi, pal. Why don't you tell me you were coming? I would have waited. Check out this ring I just bought. The desk clerk let me in. Uh, great security. You talked to Cynthia on the phone this morning, didn't you, Charlie? Cynthia? Yeah, crack of dawn, naturally. That crack of dawn? worried about you. Naturally. And what did you tell her? Oh, that's what's worrying you, huh? Well, I didn't really mean to do it, Neil, but I had to. Uh, want a drink? Again? Uh, mind if I have one? Look, Charlie, I'm trying to give you a chance to explain. Okay, okay. No reason to get sore. You lied to Other Cynthia, than from why? the car wreck. Broke you, all those dishes. To. You know, as a salesman, I have to drive a car to make a living, What's Neil? that got to do with it? Only everything, that's all. Duh. Duh. Look, Neil, I didn't bother to mention it to anyone, but I was in a scrape three weeks ago. I got hauled up for driving under the weather. As opposed to over the weather. Warning that time. Wait a minute. You mean you deliberately let me take the rap for your accident last night? Well, I tell you, I couldn't help it. Do you know what a spot this has put me in? The hospital has a reputation they're pretty jealous of, you know. Sure, and I've got a job. And a car. Well, I don't have a car now, but, uh... I think you'd better put down that drink and get your coat on, Charlie. Why? Because you're coming with me to explain to Dr. Rogers. Then we're going together to see Cynthia. Oh, what good would that do? It's all over now, Neil. You mean you're refusing? I mean I went home in a taxi last night alone told my story once, and I don't see anything to gain by changing it now. And I'm sticking to it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. See? Suddenly it occurs to you that Charlie has a more important reason for lying. His job is only part of it. He's always wanted to marry Cynthia too. Cynthia too. Judgment Day. He believes that anything's fair in love or war. And drunk driving. It's as simple as that. And with you out of the way, he's sure he'll have a clear field. And Cynthia, after all this, what about Cynthia Neal? Who's Cynthia Neal? be sure. Can you be sure of Cynthia now? Neal, I, I just can't understand it. Your math is hard. But you do believe Charlie. Why would he lie about a thing like this? Because with me out of the way, he thinks he could marry you. 
Neil, I've known Charlie for years. He wouldn't do a thing like that. Besides, he's your best friend. Oh, yeah. And you're a drunk. He's proved that, hasn't he? Neil, aren't you forgetting that Charlie wasn't found in the wreck? That you were? You all alone? Your story is... Well, it's too fantastic. Amazing. Outstanding. And Charlie says it couldn't have been that way. And you, Cynthia. What do you say? Oh, Neil, what can I say? Do you think I want to believe this? And Dr. Rogers, the hospital. What do they say? Hospitals don't speak. Naturally, I resigned. I couldn't do anything else. I don't blame them for what they think, any of them. But I know I'm right, and... Speak up, man. Never mind, Cynthia. Guess there's no use in going over all that again. Neil, you're not going. Well, why not? I don't seem to be getting anywhere. No, that's what she meant. You're not what going. Happen, Neil? Will you? Well, do you think you'll be able to get an internship somewhere else? I think so. I'm just as qualified as I ever was. My previous record was good. It was high infidelity. You got great reviews. Sorry, this has been too much for you, Cynthia. I haven't you said You wouldn't that consider it... marrying a man you didn't believe, would you? I want to believe you, Neil. More than I ever wanted to believe anything. Like Santa. Well, maybe you will someday. Maybe you'll learn the truth. When you do, let me know. You'll be able to find me. At the bar. That all happened like a year ago. Yes, it all happened more than a year ago, didn't it, Neil? Oh, wow. You cut off all contacts with your friends in Los Angeles. You've often wondered if Cynthia ever married Charlie. And every time you've wondered, your hatred toward him has grown deeper. You've often thought of killing him, haven't you? Yes, wow. often. That escalated quickly. And now on Christmas night, more than a year later, in a small, out-of-the-way hospital, fate places the life of Charlie Bennett squarely in your hands. The switchboard operator has told you that he's in the operating room unconscious, seriously injured in an auto accident. As opposed to jokingly injured. Signed to prepare the medication which will spell life or death for him. Just a little too much, or not quite enough. It's almost too easy, isn't it? Not the slightest suspicion will be attached to you. You smile as you enter the drug room and find another intern there. Stealing stuff. What's the emergency, Neil? Car wreck. You assisting? No, just preparing the syreptamine and saccharine shots. Along with the scraps of lint. And the bottle scot. I'm afraid so. You ever stop to think about the power of these drugs? Which one? The schlabbergerler? Just the right amount means almost certain recovery. And too much or too little? Oblivion. Shh. Don't say those things out loud. Philosophical at Christmas. No, no, but I guess this case made me think about it more than usual. You see, uh, I know the guy. Oh, a friend? You said it. What a friend. Oh, kind of an unusual situation, isn't it? A very unusual situation. Well, not that unusual. Scrap the limb. Prescott alone. Give him another dose. The smunked and bun shots. Don't overdo it. Well, Neil, the die is cast, isn't it? You've donned your sterile mask and gown and prepared the injection, carried them to the operating room where you place them on the instrument tray, without even a glance at the mask sheet covered patient. He's wearing a Darth Vader mask. You note Dr. Graham's nod of dismissal and quietly. Why was the, the patient wearing a mask? Confused. Halloween with Christmas? I don't know. Dead. 
lies squarely in your hands. Nightmare before Christmas. You never dreamed you'd have such an opportunity, did you, Neil? After removing your mask and gown, you return to the hallway. And realize you're naked. Near the operating room, as the melody from the church again drifts in through the window. You wonder whether you're glad or sorry at what you've done. They sound like they're in the next room. Charlie Bennett brought on you. Your shattered hopes, the happiness you might have had with Cynthia. And you know the answer. 42. Even if you could, you wouldn't change the situation in the slightest. You pause under a ceiling light and decide to finish Cynthia's letter. And now, as another Christmas approaches, I realize how hasty I seemed in my judgment. Suddenly, your heart beats faster. As you realize she's still Miss Cynthia Walker. She hasn't had the operation yet. You hear the words as the melody of her voice haunts your memory. But you were even more hasty in your action. Your sudden, abrupt leaving. Not letting me know where you were. Is this a voicemail or something? I don't know how wrong I was to doubt you. She's in the next office using the dictaphone. I loved you. You told me once a woman loves in spite of a man's weakness. Not because of his strength. Remember, Neil? Well, so it was and is with me and you. I haven't changed, and I can't believe that you have. A sphincter says Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Cynthia. You turn away, stare out the window. Suddenly you're horrified and ashamed that you, a doctor, bound by the sacred oath of Hippocrates, have allowed your hatred for Charlie Bennett to bring you to the point that it did. And you're still naked. Finally, the door to the operating room opens. And someone hands you a gown. Form as wheels silently past you. You continue to stare out the window. You light a cigarette. Because smoking is okay for doctors, obviously. As he opens the operating room door and enters the hallway, you walk slowly toward him. How's the patient, doctor? Well, the patient's going to be all right. I'm glad you were around. Sereptamine's a godsend. <laughs> uh, may I uh, have a cigarette, Andrews? Oh, sure, doctor. All good doctors oh, smoke. <sighs> I wish Sereptamine had been available when I first started practice. Third cancer. In fact, I wish I were young like you, just beginning. Uh, you'll be a great doctor one day, Andrews. As long as you don't kill anyone, that I'm is. I'm sure of it. You're honest. Pass you me that bottle of Cryptopolon. Well, you could no more evade it than commit murder. No, I guess I couldn't. But I almost made a terrible mistake a little while ago. Mistake that could have been fatal to your patient. Shh, don't say those things out loud, idiot. No, and I don't think I'll ever be tempted to make a similar mistake again. I'm sure you won't, whatever it was. No, the practice of medicine's in your heart, above everything. Heart medicine. Yes, I guess. Yes, tripopoline. I've always known that. That's why I appointed you. Thank you, doctor. Uh, when can I speak with Mr. Bennett? Oh, anytime you wish. He's lying down in my office. Bennett wasn't seriously injured, just uh, knocked out temporarily. He was driving the car. You mean someone else was... Oh, our patient was the young lady with him. It seems they were on the way out here to the hospital to see one of our interns. She'll be okay. Ten milligrams of fartanol stat. Who was she? Well, her name's, uh, uh, Walker. Cynthia Walker. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Do it, Axel. So a doctor couldn't tell the difference between a male patient and a female patient... Yeah. No wonder our healthcare is so messed up exactly. right now. Too much cropotoline. 
<laughs> hey, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, not bad. Let's shut everything down and head on home. Hey, my phone. Oh, man, answer it. Hurry. It's, it's stuck in my pocket. Here, got it. Hello? Put it on speaker. Hello. Is this Dr. Charles Lindsay? Yes, yes it is. Who, who is this? Dr. Lindsay, my name is Steve Dallas. I'm with the NDQA. Is Dr. Wagner Rourke with you? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's right here. Excellent. We've been looking everywhere for you. Hang on. Okay, there. I've got your location. Don't move. We're on our way. Interesting. The NDQA. I always thought that was an imaginary organization. I don't think I've even ever heard of it. What is it? It's the National Department of Quantum Accidents. They monitor all areas of quantum mechanics, and when something goes wrong, they track it down. I always thought of them the way most people think of the men in black. Well, I wonder what we should expect from them uh, when they arrive. Do you think they'll get us back home? I really have no idea. I've heard rumors, but everything they do is so secretive. Well, I bet they'll have a lot of questions for us. You know, probably a debriefing. Yeah, and our machine is almost ready to try again. I bet they're going to want to get their hands on that when we're done with it. Oh, well, I guess we'll find out soon. I wonder how long it's going to take before they arrive. Wisecracks Radio Hour is written and produced by Aaron Lindsay and Sean Rourke. Dr. Charlie is played by Aaron Lindsay. Dr. Wagner is played by Sean Rourke. Mr. Brumbles is played by Craig Underhill. And I'm your announcer, Lori Lindsay. Please connect with us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Facebook ID is Wisecracks Radio. Our website is wisecracksradio.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another exciting episode. Please review us wherever you find your podcasts. Special guest appearance by Randall Pierce from the Don't Wake the Kids podcast as Steve Dallas. Darn it. Interesting. NRBQ. I love them. (laughs) It's a wild weekend. Get ready for a wild weekend.